Welcome to Movie Babble Presents Babel with Brennan. It's been a while, but we are back to kind of kick off the 2021 movie season. Took a little bit of a COVID hiatus here, but it's uh, kind of a worthy time to come on. We're going to discuss some of our most anticipated films of 2021. Uh, I'm your host, Brennan. I'm joined by Nick. How's it going today? What's going on, man? I can't wait to talk about movies that may or may not come out. <laughs> we'll see again. I feel like we have this a few of the same movies we talked about last year on this very pod, but um, I'm excited. New year, new stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like kind of just yesterday, but it also feels like an eternity ago that we did this. I think it was pretty much 12 months ago last week. I have no idea what time is at this point anymore. <laughs> I don't know. We could have done that last week. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's... it's it's funny. I mean, there are some movies here that I definitely uh, that I definitely had on my list last year, and I think probably same with you, maybe one or two. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely weird. I think twenty twenty one will be a little bit more of a stable year. I think studios are adjusting, and they know what they're going to do this year. So we might not see as many shifts, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I feel like at this point we're we're getting to this cutoff point for a lot of studios where they've been pushing stuff back for so long that they probably just need to release these things at some point, you know? Like, they have a lot of money riding on these. They need to pay staff. They don't, they don't want to uh, lay people off or things like that and keep the lights on. So, I mean, I know Netflix has been nuts in this time. They bought a bunch of different movies from studios. But at some point, we're just going to get to this where, like, Paramount needs to release stuff and all these other studios that were struggling a little bit. So, um, mm-hmm. I think this will be a little more stable. I mean, we're definitely, we saw No Time to Die already get pushed back again from its April release date. And there's there's definitely going to be some of those that, that uh, push back to the fall. So the fall might be really busy. But I think we'll have a few more bigger-ish movies this, this year. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I mean, you look at last year, let's let's say pandemic on. We really only had Tenet. Uh, and then obviously Wonder Woman and, uh, not Coco, Soul, both came out on Christmas Day. But they were kind of a hybrid release. Well, Soul was essentially all Disney plus um, I know it hit theaters in a few other countries overseas, but that's pretty much all we saw in terms of blockbusters since um, March. So I, I do think you're right. 2021, we'll see some of these bigger movies and obviously uh, with uh, HBO max, with their, their kind of plan of, of doing the hybrid release of like a month on HBO slash theaters. And then after that, just theaters for a little while, I think we're, we'll definitely see a little bit more stability in terms of uh, big budget films. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to get the first wave of COVID movies in a sense that um, like these big, bigger budgeted COVID movies. Like we had a few last year with like Host, which was really good on Shudder. Um, well, we had we had that Songbird movie, the, the Michael Bay produced yeah. one that looked that looked terrible. But I didn't see that one. But I mean, as we're recording this, we have um, Locked Down, which dropped on HBO Max, which was the the heist movie, the heist rom-com, I think it is, with Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor. So we had that come out. Um, I assume there's been a bunch of other things that have been like produced in secret that we'll see too. So we'll mm-hmm. see. And I mean, even, uh, I'm not sure if this was made in, in during COVID or anything, but Malcolm and Marie kind of seems like a quarantine movie. That was, I think that was made in quarantine, I think. Yeah. Because I mean, after... Yeah. Yeah, it was like one of the big I think that was like one of the big purchases cuz as soon as I think um Sam Levinson like who directs that movie mm-hmm. they announced it and then Netflix immediately threw like a bunch of money at them <laughs> for it. So yeah, I don't know if that one's like actually COVID related or if it's just they just shot yeah. it during COVID and it's its own thing, but 
Um, yeah. yeah, there's going to be a ton of those. I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to those or not, because just looking at the trailer for lockdown and seeing Anne Hathaway put a mask on makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't need it. I don't, I don't think we need it. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's it's, it's like the literal too soon, you know, of yeah. seeing like these with these movies that are. I mean, it's kind of cool because we're seeing them in real time, you know. Like yeah. all these movies come out and we're still in it. I mean, I guess that's concerning in many other different ways, but I don't know. I don't know if I need it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd. Um, another thing we had to kind of think about when doing this list is there are movies that are 2021, but are kind of like 2020 asterisks, you know, like it's kind of weird. Like there's one on my list, especially up there on my list, actually. Um, I don't know about you, but movies that are going to compete for awards in the 2021 batch, but are coming out, sorry, in the 2020 batch, but are coming out here in 2021. Um, just because of that extended awards period for a lot of different uh, circuits. So it, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting year. Yeah. It's so weird. Cause we'll talk about our best movies of the year at some point and all these movies will have maybe some of them have already won Oscars or were nominated, nominated for stuff like that. It's yeah. I mean, the Oscars, who knows what's going to happen with that this year. That's, that's a whole nother podcast in of itself, but um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I think we are, like you said, it's going to be a little more, I think stable this year. I think people have a better sense of how to release things. And I feel like a lot of the trial runs we had for stuff already happened with, seeing what, what works with your hybrid releases or just in theaters or just dumping it on streaming. So um, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff here. Um, and even, even last year I released my top 10 on the site. So go check that out if you want. But um, I really loved my top 10. I thought it was better than my 2019 top 10, honestly. So I'm sure there's gonna be a great, there's a bunch of great stuff. And that's the thing with all these indie movies too, where we don't know that these things are getting made until there's like a trailer coming out for them. So I guess like a lot of our top 10 lists kind of skew um, towards more like blockbustery or like prestige dramas and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's, that's generally what, what seems to happen, but we'll go through it now. So we got our honorable mentions kind of for our top 10 things that we are interested in, but didn't really land on that top 10. Then we're going to go uh, 10 to one back and forth all the way to, our most anticipated. Um, how about you start with your, uh, w- with some of your uh, honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list? Yeah. So I have one on here. It's called Slacks, S L A X X. And it's about, it's a movie about a killer pair of jeans, which just sounds amazing to me. Uh, that's coming out on Shutter at some point this year. I don't think there's a release date on it, but I will be watching it because it's probably going to be super gory coming from Shutter and ridiculous. So I'm here for it. Um, another one is uh, The Trial of Macbeth, which is, Directed by just Joel Cohen, um, only one of the Cohen brothers this time around, but it has Denzel as Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. I'm sure that movie's going to be amazing. It's going to be at least really, really interesting. So that's another one. Um, the Souvenir Part Two, which I think I talked about last last year, um, but I loved the the first Souvenir, and so this is the follow up to that. And it's um, it was supposed to have Robert Pattinson in it, but he uh, declined. He had scheduling conflicts with this little movie called The Batman which comes out in 2022. So he had the dropout and we have um, Taylor Swift's hubby instead, Joe Alwyn taking his place in that movie, which I'm really looking forward to um, Top Gun Maverick. I'm really looking forward to Tom Cruise in planes. Um, Candyman looks terrific. Um, there's a, there's a musical uh, with Adam driver and Marion Cotillard called Annette, And it's directed by Elias Carricks who did Holy Motors. So I'm sure that movie will be really, really weird. Um, you have old, the M night Shyamalan movie. 
Uh, it might be terrible, like some of his movies, but it'll be really interesting to talk about. I think all of his movies are fascinating in their own ways. Um, I guess two more I have on here is The Card Counter, which is the new um, Paul Schrader movie. That last movie, it's his first movie since uh, First Reformed. I think Oscar Isaac is in there. And it's, I think it's a gambling movie, so I'm sure it'll be all levels of fucked up because it's a Paul Schrader movie. Uh, and then the last one I have on here is Encanto, which is a Pixar musical uh, with, uh, I think, vocals from Lin-Manuel Miranda, or at least he wrote all the, the the music for it. So I'm sure that'll be lovely. Yeah. No, that's a great list. And especially the, uh, you know, which one piques my interest is uh, Annette. That really piques my interest. I have no idea what that movie's going to be, but it's probably going to be very, very weird. Um, especially heard, from my... Um... Mm-hmm. I heard a rumor, uh, or I, I may have read this wrong because it, it's been many months since I've seen this article, but I heard like the entire thing was singing. Sure. Why not? I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Double check that somebody, but I remember, I, I, I really think I remember reading that somewhere that it was just going to be straight song, uh, which would be interesting, but I'm interested in that movie. That one. Yeah. I, it's, it's, if you haven't seen Holy Motors, that is a very particular kind of strange, and it's really wonderful. Um, so I'm sure this will be nothing less. And you have Adam Driver again, so why not? Yeah. And the especially the Macbeth movie that you spoke about, um, that looks very good as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see um, or to find out why um, Ethan Cohen isn't involved in this one, since it's just Joel. But um, mm-hmm. one of the Coens is involved, and the guy who's doing the cinematography for it uh, did... Um, Inside Lewin Davis, which is my favorite movie. So it'll mm-hmm. look great. It'll mm-hmm. probably be really depressing and good. And you have Denzel and Francis McDormand just kind of it's, dueling it out. So it's kind of it's, it's like stupid good, you know? It just got, uh, I don't know if it got announced, but I know they released shots from the movie. It's going to be black and white. So that's pretty cool. Oh, cool. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have put it on my list. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks good. So my uh, list, a little bit more trending towards some of those big movies as we spoke about before we jumped on. So I, I threw Black Widow on here. You know what? The more I have to wait for this movie, I think the less interested I am in it. However, I think I spoke about this on a pod recently. I think it was nice to have a, a year off from Marvel movies. I think we kind of needed that. Um, I also uh, put on the other one. They got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, looks good. Jungle Cruise, just because, you know what? I think Disney original uh, films are kind of not great lately and i hope this is one that kind of kind of in a pirates of the caribbean sense sparks their kind of original live action productions i don't have the highest of hopes for it but i think with emily blunt dwayne johnson i know jesse Plemons is in there um sure i'll give it a shot i also got the suicide squad on here great cast i mean james gunn i hope i hope uh, he, he gets enough freedom here to really have a lot of fun with this thing I had to throw on Space Jam and New Legacy just because. (laughs) Um, You know, the first one is like, it's bad. It's a bad movie, but it is fun to watch. It's, it's, it's just, it's cringy. It's funny. It's like, it's, it's classic. I feel like this is going to be a better made movie. Um, Isn't Ryan Coogler, uh, isn't he uh, attached to this? Is he like a producer of it? I yeah, let me uh, yeah, I think I know he's attached to it in, in some way, but if I'm not mistaken, he write he wrote it. Um, that's incredible. Going from Black Panther and Creed and Fruitvale Station to writing Space Jam too. Yeah, he's he's one of the writers. He's a producer and writer. You got Malcolm D. Lee directing this. <laughs> like 
<laughs> what is I, happening? <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it's gonna have it's gonna have quite the budget kind of behind it there. Um, and then I also threw on a Quiet Place too. I liked the first one when I heard there was gonna be a sequel. I kind of puked in my mouth. I'm like, leave it as one. <laughs> uh, but I'll throw it on there just because I did enjoy the first one. I got West Side Story here. I'm kind of craving a musical, um, and I love Steven Spielberg. I think he always is good. I mean, the last 10 to 15 years, he hasn't been quite as good as he used to be, but he is Steven Spielberg, and I think this is a movie he's wanted to do for decades, I'm pretty sure. So I think finally seeing seeing this come to the big screen or small screen, however however we watch it by uh, the time December rolls around, uh, I think will be will be nice. And then the last one I got is another musical, actually, Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. Um, I know you're also looking forward to this one as well. This movie looks delightful. And that trailer dropped, and I had no idea this was coming. Um, I, really, I didn't realize that he actually made this on Broadway before Hamilton. So I think that was kind of like his first big thing. Or maybe I'm wrong. Someone out there will correct me, I'm sure. But um, that it looks really, really good. I think, it, um, yeah, it's... It, the music looks lovely in it. Um, I just think I was really looking forward to it this past summer. But I guess do we have a yeah. release date on that? Do we know when uh, it's coming out? It's looking like June. Um, another okay. interesting thing is uh, w- with this movie and Jungle Cruise, they pretty much got delayed like straight up a year. Like they kind of just said, okay, we're going to move you back 365 days. And I think that was probably a good move. Uh, and I think a lot of I, I wish more things followed that. But uh, just the way things shook out, they just kind of moved it back directly a year. So Jungle Cruise is also July 30, 2021, whereas last year it was like late July 2020. Yeah, I feel like they were part of that group that really moved quick on that. Like Fast Fast 9 moved immediately. And that'll probably have to move again because that's in April. Um, That will not be showing up on my list, but uh, (laughs) I guess I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) But yeah, Um, there's a bunch that just like moved immediately. Um, so who knows? Um, the other one I just wanted to throw on here because I'm doing a last minute substitution to my top 10. Uh, so I'm I'm moving this movie off my 10 and into my, uh, into my honorable mentions is Araya and the last dragon that's coming out. It's kind of like the first movie of 2021. That's not competing in the 2020 Oscars because it's coming out like March 4th or something with a Disney plus slash theater hybrid, uh, animated Disney original looks good. Dragons, pretty cool. I'm just happy to see uh, Kelly Marie Tran in a movie, and Aquafina's in this as well. So we continue to see her star kind of rise up a little bit. This movie looks great. I'm really looking forward to it. And there's like a lot of there's like an Indiana Jones vibe to it. If you watch the trailer, where she's, I guess, capturing whatever this um, there's like a dragon gem that's like the big MacGuffin in this movie. Um, it looks really cool. I think this could be like a really fun. Um, Disney um, animated original. I feel like since I can't remember the, the last good one. I guess Moana was like the last big one. Or I guess Frozen Two. Frozen Two was in there. Um, but this it looks really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw it back to you just to kind of get things uh, started with your uh, with your top ten. Sure. So my number ten is a cheat because I'm always indecisive and I can't choose things. Um, so my top 10 list actually has 12 movies in it. <laughs> we'll get to the other grouping of two I have in a little bit, but my first, my, my 10 is a grouping of two movies cause they kind of follow the same, I guess, theme. Uh, but the first one is Wendell and wild. Uh, and the second one is abrupt show and they are both, um, 
animated horror movies with Jordan Peele as a lead voice in them, which I thought was really cool. He's really he got really into puppets, I guess, during the lockdown. But <laughs> um, so Wendell and Wild, uh, there's really not, not there's really not much about this movie. Um, it's coming out on Netflix at some point this year. Um, but it's a stop motion movie directed by Henry Selleck. It's his first movie since Coraline back in 2009. So cool to see him back. And it's uh, Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key are the two lead voices in it. Uh, and they both uh, played a hand in writing the movie as well. But the logline is really hilarious to me. It's two demon brothers face off against a nun and a pair of goth teens, teens which just sounds really funny and goofy. <laughs> so um, I'm sure there'd be a lot of fun horror in there as we know jordan peele loves now um and frankly we should have known the entire time if you watch some of the shorts in um key and peele there's just some of those are just like it makes so much sense for his career is now but that one looks terrific and then abrupt show is a puppet horror movie which um it's going to be all in live settings there's no cgi or anything and it's going to be hand puppets um in live settings just around cities and whatnot and it's a it's a horror movie, or I guess a thriller. So the logline of this one is a uh, is a puppet wakes up to, and finds that he has an explosive device and plants it in his neck. <laughs> he has to figure out who did it while committing crimes. Um, that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> it sounds really goofy. Jordan Peele is a main voice in that one as well, along with Robert Englund, which is really cool, and Sid Haig, who died back in 2019. Um, know him as from the Devil Rejects movies. Um, that just sounds really cool to me and really bizarre. And I don't know when this movie's coming out this year, but it'll come out at some point on some service somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to uh, Jordan Peele, really loving his uh, goofy animated horror movies this year. Yeah, that's that's the thing with some of these movies too. Like we don't we don't quite know uh, we don't quite know their exact release dates. I know some of these movies are jumping around a lot, and some of these movies also just also don't have dates. Um, so I'll jump into my number 10 here, and that does sound great. I think Jordan Peele, obviously, he's, he's fantastic, and those both sound very interesting. Uh, so my number 10 is another movie that was on my top 10 last year, uh, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, um, the psychological kind of horror film. I know I think there's a little bit of time travel mixed in here or something like that, but I was hyped for this last year, and then I got moved. I It kind of fell off my radar that I got moved. I didn't really know. It was supposed to come out in September of 2020 and then got moved now to April of 2021 um i am looking forward to this for sure and a lot of the reason is because edgar wright's great i think he makes movies that are fun they're good uh, they're enjoyable but anya taylor joy and thompson mckenzie are just people i've really fallen in love with over the last few years i think they've really uh jumped to the forefront in terms of just what i like in movies so that they're an edgar wright movie i think that's great yeah i i kind of run a little hot and cold on edgar wright i love some of his movies um I guess it'll pain people to know that I really do not love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I actually kind of loathe that movie a little bit, but um, this movie sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, Annie Taylor-Joy and Thompson McKenzie, why not? Yeah, I think it's like they travel back to like 1960s London or something like that and during like in like the fashion world and it's something about like horror mixing with time travel. Um, I got no idea what's going to happen in this movie, but it sounds neat. I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, and there there are two um, two Bond girls actually, we can call them that. That were in 1960s films, uh, Rig and Mar- uh, Rig and Margaret Nolan, uh, Goldfinger, um, 
A Hard Day's Night. They passed away in 2019, uh, or 2020, actually. They passed away a few months ago, and this is their final film. So that's just something interesting uh, to note from my number 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated by Edgar Wright. Even though if I don't like some of his movies, I think he is he's one of the few guys that like takes the genre movies and makes these wholly original things that become kind of eventized, you know? I feel like Baby Driver mm-hmm. was, was its own thing, and that became like a $100 million grocer, and it became a big deal, and that came out a few years ago. So um, I root for him, even though I don't like some of his things. I think just the idea of this movie sounds really bonkers and cool. So um, why not? Let him do his thing. Um, but I guess I'll move on to my number nine, which um, is Luca, the one of the Pixar movies that comes out this year. I think this is due out in March or no, it's June 18th. Uh, I was off there, but um, yeah, it's a Pixar movie and it's an original idea. So um, it, the logline is that um, focus on the title character, Luca, who lives in a, on the Italian Riviera and he strikes up a friendship with another boy who is secretly a sea monster disguised as a human. Um, which sounds hilarious. And I'm sure every time Pixar comes out with an original idea, it'll just destroy you with all the emotion that's in it. Um, so I'm sure this is going to be terrific and I'm going to cry a lot <laughs> and it's, and it'll be another just out of, out of the park, uh, hit from Pixar. Yeah. This, this sounds like a good movie. I mean, it's one of those Pixar movies. We don't really know too much about it. Right. Uh, but we know it's going to be great. We know it's going to be something good. Uh, and, and that was kind of what I felt with soul too. uh, say we're a year up from soul's release. Didn't really know too much about it. It's a Pete doctor Pixar movie. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's kind of how I felt about Coco too, where I was like, it's interesting. I've never heard. I don't know anything about, about this except that it's about the day of the dead. And then you watch it and you see the end of that movie. And you're like, Oh no, this is one of the most sad things I've ever watched in my life. So yeah, I, th- Something tells me that there's going to be something a little special about this because they are being kind of coy about it. We haven't really seen anything about it. We've seen mm-hmm. like a trailer for Ray of the Last Dragon, and then Disney announced all of this um, information about the future of Disney Plus and all this stuff, but they really didn't say much about Luca. So my guess is just based on the track record of Pixar um, that this will be pretty special. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and honestly, uh, with with a lot of Pixar stuff, if I if I kind of hear about it and I see that it's not a sequel, prequel, or remake of something, I I, I get that kind of excitement right away. Yeah, that's how I am because I feel like every time they do that, it's one of those Pixar movies where it's a kids movie, but it's really an adult movie disguised as a kids movie because Soul is just one of the most existential movies you'll watch <laughs> and some, I still can't get over how Disney gave them $150 million to make this crazy existentialist movie. But and same with like inside out and Coco as well. So um, yeah, it's every time they do something new, I don't really care about that Buzz Lightyear movie, <laughs> the real Buzz Lightyear movie that's coming out in a few years with Chris Evans, but stuff like this really excites me from them. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, so my number nine here is Nightmare Alley. This is another one that I think was supposed to come out in 2020 that got pushed back. And even then, it's pushed all the way back to December of 2021, which that's kind of teetering on the line here. We'll see if it actually does come out. Um, Guillermo del Toro directing, but we'll fire off this cast. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman, Rooney Mara. I mean, this is just an exciting cast, especially for 
a uh, psychological uh, horror thriller film headed by Guillermo del Toro. I mean, I think this is something that uh, I think it's something that uh, I think we can all be excited for as, as movie fans. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the original. It's based off of the 1947 film, but um, you just look at that cast and it's, yeah, it's absurd. Like, it's crazy. Um, so, and Guillermo del Toro, it's first movie since Shape of Water, right? So, yeah, kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt. This is kind of the movie where you always see after people win Oscars where it's like, this is the next thing they do is kind of where they're putting all their chips in because they mm-hmm. have so much more freedom to do what they want after winning an Oscar. So, We'll see. I think, I mean, yeah, amazing cast. I'm sure there's going to be something great about this, but I don't know. I, I typically run a little hot and cold on his movies, but um, this definitely just sounds very exciting when you read the logline and the cast involved. Yeah, and I mean, Leo was actually, Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be uh, in, in Bradley Cooper's spot. I remember that when they first announced this movie, it was going to be Leo, but then Bradley Cooper, a few months later, replaced him. Um, which is okay, but, uh, I think it's kind of neat and it kind of plays into what we were talking about before we jumped on. It could be the year of Bradley Cooper, most certainly. Yeah. There's another movie that I was much higher on my list that I can't wait to talk about in a bit that he's in, but yeah. And he has his Leonard Bernstein movie too, which I guess is coming out this year. I don't really know, but I feel like that one's been in, in talks for a while ever since a star was born came out. But um, yeah, I guess I'll jump into my next one, which is which is Dune, which we've all been waiting for for I feel like forever. <laughs> and it was the big uh, will they, won't they, and releasing it at the end of this year. And obviously, we have to wait an entire another year because I think it's coming out next fall, October first, I think. Um, it's it's Dune. It looks really cool. <laughs> the trailer looks great. Denis Villeneuve um, hasn't really done wrong in my mind. Um, amazing cast. I feel like we've we've talked this movie to death already because we've been hyping it up in preparation for it to come out. And then now we just kind of have to recycle a lot of the same conversations, you know. So uh, this it just looks really cool. I'm looking forward to it hopefully coming out next year. Yeah, I I would have had this on my list as well, hundred um, percent, just because great director, great cast, everything he does is pretty much gold lately, but I wasn't too hot on the trailer personally. I think it was probably music choice. Uh, but I mean, trailers are trailers. I don't think they, 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 they kind of represent a film all too well. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm just so excited for this movie and I'm, I'm happy. I mean, they're fighting for, they're fighting for this to really just get a theater release. Obviously HBO max has that deal that they have this year, right. With, with the hybrid, as we've spoken about many times, they've said that they don't want that. They want to reject that. And um, is it is, is Lionsgate doing this? I forget. I think it's is it, it's Legendary Pictures, right? Oh, legendary, is, right. That's what it was. Yeah, I think they're the producers behind this. That they were like, uh, no, you yeah. can't do that. You can't throw this on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they it'll be weird to see what happens, but I'd love to see this in an IMAX screen. Yeah, it, I mean, you watch the trailer and yeah, maybe the song choice, now that I'm remembering it correctly, um, probably not the best from that trailer. But like you look at some of the visuals, like they're just mm. stupid good. And, you know, when they show like the worm at the end, and it's this amazing, like wide shot. And I'm sure that'll be amazing in IMAX. And yeah, I just need to see that in theaters on the biggest screen possible. So come on, vaccine. <laughs> Let's get here. Come on. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's I think timeline wise, I think. October, as you said, I think that's probably pretty good. I think we'll see, obviously, I think we'll see by then a lot of things open, 
here at least vaccine rollout is supposed to conclude in September. So I'm hoping I can definitely see this uh, in, in an IMAX theater. Yeah, we'll see with the U.S. because it seems like you Canadians have it together a lot more than we do. But um, yeah, apparently it seems like like June-ish is, mm-hmm. is when just general public people, healthier, younger people are scheduled to get the vaccine or at least be eligible for it. So that wouldn't make enough sense by the time October comes around. You figure a couple of months of people getting their vaccines that maybe this is available to get to go to theaters. Um, but I'm just wait. I just really want to go back to theaters. <laughs> Still, the last movie I saw in theaters was Bloodshot, and that's just the most miserable part of all this for me. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, I just want to. I just want to go back to theaters and see big, crazy movies like this one. Hundred um, percent. Bloodshot. I watched that last week. Ooh, it's tough. I thought about you when I watched it, though. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so, so number eight for me is The Eternals. And it's not even just this cast of Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kumal Nanjiani. I mean, Brian Tyree Henry, Selma Hayek. It's Kit Harington. It's interesting. Barry Cogan, right? You have a very interesting and large cast here. But it's really Chloe Zhao. I mean, she's coming off Nomadland, which might go all the way this year. It's going to be big. Uh a beautiful film as well. Such a human film, such a small film, uh, grand. I mean, in scope, I mean that the cinematography is great in Nomadland, but it is, it's, it's such a, uh, personal film for her to go from that to like a $200 million blockbuster, uh, a Marvel blockbuster is pretty crazy. And I mean, Marvel, they, they have this trend of doing this. They, they pick up an indie director and they throw them 150 to 200 million. They say, make a big movie. And I think a lot of the times we see it happen. It's cool. But I don't think we see them do it with an indie director that's this good. I don't think we've seen this before. It will be very interesting to see how this uh, plays out. Yeah, I think you're right there. It's just it's so bizarre to think about her last two movies, The Rider and also Nomadland, which are really small, almost like docudramas where it's a lot of almost like documentary style filmmaking and kind of just people talking about their livelihoods and just kind of far off places. Then you go to a fucking Eternals. That's just, it's amazing to me. And then I guess it's finally, we finally get to see the movie that made Kumail Nanjiani like really jacked. So <laughs> we've been, we, I feel like we've been waiting that for that for years. <laughs> so we finally yeah. get to see that payoff. Yeah. And I mean, it, it like I didn't want to, I didn't throw too much on here in terms of superhero movies because I am very worn out. I think Endgame was a very nice place to just kind of stop it. Uh, I, that's why I threw them all to my honorable mentions. But this is one that I just can't overlook just because of her uh, at the helm and because of, I mean, the cast in these movies are always good, but it's definitely a shakeup from the normal normal uh, Marvel batch of actors and actresses. Uh, so that's why I'm definitely looking forward to this one. That's why I made number eight on my list. Yeah, and I feel like, too, it's like similar to the Guardians for me where I have no idea what the Eternals are. <laughs> I don't even yeah. try to pretend that I know what that is. So it's I feel like it's the same as the Guardians of the Galaxy where I had no idea what was going to happen in those movies or what it was going to be. I kind of feel the same way about this where it's I'm just going to sit down and watch this and learn about all these characters for the first time. So it could be really interesting and really cool surprise for this year. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. Yeah, but um, I guess we'll go to my seven, which is The Many Saints of Newark, which is the, which is the Sopranos prequel movie that was supposed to come out, I think in the fall and September, I think it actually just pushed a, an ex- exactly a year. So it's coming out September 24th right now. Um, I'm actually making my way through the Sopranos for the first time right now. 
I'm really, <laughs> and in some way, I'm kind of happy that they pushed this movie back, so I have more time to watch it because it's taking me forever with all the other movies I'm watching. But uh, I love The Sopranos; They're, it's really good. I'm really interested to see what they do with a prequel movie. And you have uh, Michael Gandolfini, uh, James's son, uh, who's playing a young Tony Soprano. Um, the cast itself, the rest of the cast is amazing: Vera Farmiga, John Bernthal, Billy Magnuson, Al- Alessandro Nivola, Ray Liotta, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, John Magaro from First Cow, we get Corey Stahl, and then Joey Diaz as well. Um, yeah, I think this just sounds great. I don't think we really know anything about the actual content of this movie, but a Soprano sequel, I'm here for it. The only thing I'm a little worried about is, um, so it's written by David Chase, who is the creator of Sopranos, which is great that they're bringing him back, and also uh, Lawrence Connor, who wrote a couple episodes and then also did Boardwalk Empire. Um, I'm a little worried about the director, Alan Taylor, who did direct a lot of Sopranos shows. So maybe there's like some good symbiosis or kind of thing going on there. But um, he directed some memorable Game of Thrones episodes too. But other than that, he did uh, Thor The Dark World, which people normally consider as the worst Marvel movie. And then he also directed Terminator Genesis, which uh, ah, hmm, that's a that's a whole other entire conversation, that one. But yeah, that's the only thing that concerns me. I mean, who knows? I think... Genesis and the Dark World were kind of infamously two of the bigger, like, bad, like, production problems with those movies. Where there was a lot of studio meddling. They didn't really know what they were doing with those movies until they started shooting. So, who's to say he's to blame for that? But, um, I don't know. That's the one thing that makes me a little worried. Other than that, um, this looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the one um, maybe silver lining here you can look at is he's not going to be dealing with $100 million CGI big old CGI yeah that's movie, true right? it's definitely more character focused and yeah style. yeah which which is probably a good sign like he's going back to what he he did best with tv probably so i mean i think that's probably one good thing funny enough you mentioned it too i'm on episode three season one so i've just got into that as well oh, there you go yeah i'm st- where am i at right now i think i just started season four so mm-hmm. i'm basically halfway through at this point and yeah can't get enough it's really good <laughs> hot take for me soprano's decent show yeah, um, for sure. Um, so my number seven here is one that was also one I spoke about, I think, for uh, my 2020 most anticipated, and that's Ridley Scott, uh, his uh, film The Last Duel. Ridley Scott's got to be like, yeah, he's 83 years of old, years of age. Um, I can't believe he's still making movies. He's, he's one of my favorite directors. He's also a director that does a lot of movies that aren't the best. Uh, and he also does a lot of movies that are great. But this is an interesting film, I think, and Adam Driver, Matt Damon, um, Ben Affleck. I mean, it looks good. Obviously, uh, it's about a duel. <laughs> you have the, you have a woman <laughs> claiming she's been uh, she's been raped by her husband's best friend, and then there, there's a duel ultimately in the end. Might be a little bit, uh, I don't know, might be a little bit uh, like male, red-blooded, heavy, but uh, I am excited to see this, especially just seeing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck kind of reunite and they wrote this film as well and you also have a really good um writer who i think is really going to balance them out here uh i think the writer of um i don't know if you can give me a save here do you know who i'm talking about she there's, oh, there's a female writer who it, joined is it nicole hoffsner she in yes 100 percent. yeah she she helped uh write this script as well yeah i think that's key especially for a movie about rape and whatnot to have a 
a female voice and it sounds like a, the rest of the cast and the crew is very male oriented. So yeah. I think that's, that's a good move by them. But yeah. he also he also has another movie, where they Scott, coming out this year, uh, the Gucci movie. I think Lady Gaga is in that movie, which is like, <sighs> damn, he's doing two big time movies like that at 83 and I'm over here recording podcasts. What am I doing with my life? Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the only thing we've seen from this movie is like that funny out of context um, shot of all the, like their beards in these movies. Yeah. I think Ben Affleck is blonde in this movie, right? <laughs> so uh, who knows? maybe that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, for sure. Nicole uh, Hofsinger there, she wrote, uh, can you ever forgive me? Uh, which I think was a pretty good film a few years ago. Um, and, and she's she's definitely been kind of around the block writing a lot of things. So I think it was very smart to bring her in and uh, and kind of help uh, doctor this script here. Yeah, no doubt. I think she is really, really good. And Can You Ever Forgive Me is, I think, was one of my favorite movies the year it came out. I love that movie a lot. So um, why not? I feel like Ridley Scott is one of those directors where he basically, he shoots the script He's he's his uh, background is in art direction, so he's really obviously amazing at putting an image on screen. And there's so many indelible images from his movies, but um, he kind of just takes the he takes the script and goes with it. So if the script is good, odds are you're going to have a pretty good uh, Ridley Scott movie. Um, so I think this that all this does have the makings of one of the better ones from him. Hopefully, yeah, certainly, and even just that narrative of having Ben Affleck and matt damon kind of reunite after after all these years they've probably worked on stuff together that i'm not too uh sure about but i mean they they, they came up together right so many years ago uh so it, it's kind of cool to see them kind of reuniting on a script again yeah i think adam driver's in this movie too right yeah it's stacked cast um, i think is jody comer as well yeah speaking but um yeah it just I'm here for it. I feel we don't, this is, this is kind of like one of those veins of movies that we don't really see a lot of anymore where it's the pretty high budget, um, kind of knight in shining armor movie. Um, it's kind of, it feels like, like from the gladiator, gladiator era of like the two thousands and early 1990s. No, we don't, we don't really kind of see these kind of movies anymore. So I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, but yeah, I'll send it back to you for your uh, number six, I believe. My number six. Um, what a segue. I have another Ben Affleck movie here. Uh, it's Deep Water, uh, the movie that made Anna de Armas and ben, Aff- ben Affleck date in real life. Um, it's an erotic thriller from Adrian Lyne, who is probably the king of erotic thrillers. So he did Nine and a Half Weeks, Fatal Attraction, um, Indecent Proposal, and Unfaithful. And Unfaithful, weirdly enough, would, was his last movie. So that was 2002. So this is his first movie since then, which is kind of wild. But um, yeah, it stars Affleck and Anna de Armas, and they're a married couple. Um, and the synopsis or the logline is a married couple at odds with each other, uh, begin to play dangerous mind games with each other, eventually leading to murder. So um, I feel like we don't get any erotic thrillers anymore. I think they're really, really fun. Um, even if they're kind of trashy and bad sometimes, they, they're one of the better theatrical experiences um i think they're just kind of really enjoyable and thrilling to watch when done really well um so i'm looking forward to this movie this was supposed to come out in november of 2020 and it's it's been pushed back to august 13th of 2021 so that's kind of hopefully right in the sweet spot of when we can see it in theaters but um 
I kind of want to see the movie that made Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus date. <laughs> it sounds like they had pretty decent chemistry. So why not? This sounds trashy and wonderful and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, it does sound good. I mean, Ben Affleck, it seems like he's having a little bit of a resurgence here in the last few years. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll ride this and I'm pretty excited for it. Um, my number six, this is my last minute sub in that I didn't, uh, that I completely forgot about, but it's uh, Spider-Man three, the third uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. It's got a December release date. Um, I, I know it got pushed back. I believe it was supposed to come out in the summer. It got pushed back to, I think November and then, officially landed in december so we'll see if that holds i know it's already filming i think it started filming in october um so so they'll probably have that done but this is one i'm certainly excited for and i think a lot of the reason of that is just because of what we've heard about it uh it still doesn't have a title um but from what we've heard we might be seeing a live action spider-verse in a in a sense um you look at the You've got Jamie Foxx returning. I think he's going to play Electro again. you got Alfred Molina returning. I think he's going to uh, hop in as Doc Ock again. Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. So you, you have Doctor Strange doing some weird things. And then we've heard uh, the rumors of Tobey Maguire on set. We've heard uh, Andrew Garfield has taken up a role in this movie as well. Um, it's going to be bonkers, I think. But I think if there's any movie that's going to bring big crowds back to the theaters, it's probably going to be this one. This movie could be insane, and I'm here for it. It sounds wonderful. Um, it's all all of the things, which we've dealt with a Spider-Man 3 packing itself too heavy <laughs> in the past. Um, so that kind of concerns me a little bit. But Spider-Man mixed with Doctor Strange, a lot of multiverse stuff going on here. Um, I would love if they actually threw in some animated stuff in there from Into the Spider-Verse as like a fun little nod to that. Um, yeah, I feel like this is one of those low, uh, low floor, high ceiling movies where it could just be a mess or it could be wacky and insane and one of the more memorable superhero movies. So um, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, I know you're not super high on Far From Home, but I know you, you liked Homecoming, I believe. And uh, me personally, I like both of them. I found them to be enjoyable. I think a lot of it is just the Tom Holland charm. I think the character moments are great in those first two movies. Um, I like the second one a lot because of Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he just has a lot of fun with his, with his role and same with Michael Keaton in the first one. I think he has a lot of fun with his role as well. Um, but I'm hyped for this. I think, I mean, if we do get to see Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and maybe even, as you said, throw in some spider verse stuff from the uh, animated film in there, It'd be neat. And we'll probably see more of J.K. Simmons as well. We had the cameo in the last one. We'll probably see a little bit more of him. Uh, they're giving Jamie Foxx a second chance as, for Electro here. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, there's there's going to be so much stuff in this movie. I totally forgot about J.K. Simmons as mm-hmm. as InfoWars dude, pretty much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be – there's going to be so much stuff in that movie. It wouldn't surprise me if that's like a two-and-a-half-hour-plus movie with all the stuff in there. But, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's interesting. And I, I, when I was a kid, I loved Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. I think a lot of kids probably did, but that's like the, the villain I gravitated towards. So I love that guy. Uh, so many action figures. But yeah, he, he was cool. So when I heard he was coming back, that's pretty interesting as well. He doesn't really do too much uh, lately, but uh, I'm excited for that. And John Watts getting to do a whole trilogy I think is really cool. I think he'll be the first 
person to complete a trilogy uh, because the Captain America movies, it wasn't um, the brothers for the whole time. Uh, obviously, James Gunn's Guardians 3 is going to come out much later. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good for him to complete a uh, MCU trilogy. Yeah, it's true. Um, I am interested because I feel like with all the stuff in this movie, it might be one of those things where people are popping in for two seconds at a time. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of like winks and nods to other things that happen in the multiverse uh, as it were. So um, <laughs> it could be, it could be more streamlined and we're just kind of getting super excited about these little pop-ins that happen for a second. But um, I we'll see. It, there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on. I don't know. I think you're probably right in that respect. I think you're going to see a lot of Reddit theories that just fall flat. <laughs> you're probably going to have a lot of Redditors uh, make up theories about how this movie is going to be. Uh, Tommy Maguire is going to be like in half the movie <laughs> and it's going to be all this big convoluted stuff when it's probably just going to be really some small cameos. But I, I think I'd like it smaller anyways. So you don't have to do a whole heck of a lot. You don't need Tommy Maguire to be like the lead in this movie. I think just do something small. Uh, I think that that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And the best stuff about the first two Spider-Man movies in the MCU for me were just kind of the, what the high school stuff with mm-hmm. Tom Holland and Zendaya just chatting or, um, Ned just kind of having fun. So this feels like a little bit of a pivot for John Watts in terms of what he's done directing the last two movies. So mm-hmm. I think that could be, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, he's definitely juggling a lot of, um, different plates here, but, um, I think it's it's fascinating. I say go for it with all of these superhero movies. I I don't like how a lot of them feel super safe. So right. why not just go for it? <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, do something crazy. Uh, I mean, but before we head on to your number five, I I wouldn't be surprised if Tobey Maguire got like a ten million dollar thirty second uh, scene. <laughs> why not get that paycheck? I'm always here for people getting the paycheck. You gotta do yeah. it. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll move on to my five now, which is. Another movie that came out came out was supposed to come out last year, but that is The Green Knight, um, the big A twenty four film bro movie that every, everyone all of them are excited for. Um, it just looks really cool, uh, directed by David Lowry, um, who did a Ghost Story. He's actually one of the more fascinating careers because he's going back and forth between like these Disney movies, like he did Pete's Dragon a few years ago, and he's doing a Peter Pan movie, I think, um, for Disney in the next few years. But then he also did a Ghost Story. Um, the old man and the gun and now um, the green knight, which just it's looks very, very a 24 when you watch the trailer. Um, but yeah, it's based off of the Arthurian poem and amazing cast of Patel, Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sean Harris and Barry Kogan in there as well. Um, it just, this movie just looks really, really good. And like a whole, like a fantasy horror, horrific fantasy. I don't know what exactly what you call the tone of this movie, but it just looks really, really cool. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, that does sound good. And this is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the movies you uh, spoke about last year. Am I right? I think so. Who knows? I'm going to go back. <laughs> Someone and, else fact check me. Yeah, I'm going to go back after this is done and look at actually everything we did talk about. But this is, it sounds very familiar. I think you brought up the Green Knight uh, on last year's pod as well. It just, that trailer, man, it just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I just I love Dev Patel. I love when he's the star of movies. I still haven't seen the um, the David Copperfield movie that he was in, but I just think he's really cool as a lead actor and stuff. So um, I just kind of want to see everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 
hundred percent. Um, so moving on to my number five here, this is one that is probably going to be probably the only one out of mine that is kind of a crossover into 2020 awards and stuff like that, but it's Judas and the black Messiah, um, coming out in February, actually. Um, I think it's going to get a Sundance, uh, release and then theaters uh and hbo max uh early february because it's 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 one of those but i'd like to uh and for me obviously we don't have hbo max so it's going to just be kind of a on-demand type thing um but i'm looking forward to this why because i think you have two of the best people doing it right now in daniel kaluuya and lakeith stanfield lakeith has become one of my favorite actors uh he's just awesome and daniel kaluuya as well i mean he's talent like he he's fantastic and it's it's a movie about fred hampton 1970s uh, sorry 1960s um and you have lucky stanfield's character who's going to be trying to infiltrate into um the black panthers and kind of help the fbi get to uh, fred hampton but really this is a movie that i think the trailer you watched one of the more recent trailers but uh, the trailer i saw was back in september i think it was just a teaser but it just it it looks raw like it is like like Daniel Kaluuya, he's into this role. He's completely into this role from from the trailer, and it it, it looks like it's going to be really good. It sounds like he's about to go hoarse every time he's yelling in this movie. He's just doing so much yelling and uh, in front of all these uh, crazy um, followers. They're not crazy, but just like they're very um, excited about their cause and whatnot. Um, this movie looks really really cool. Both trailers look amazing. Um, I think. Daniel Kaluuya is probably a frontrunner for Best Actor nomination there. Um, it's weird because I don't think anyone's seen this movie yet, but people are penciling him in as like probably the winner there. Uh, and it looks he looks amazing in it. He like it's just he just blows you back in that trailer. Yeah. Um, Lakeith Stanfield too. I, I'm totally with you. I love Lakeith so much. And then you have Jesse Plemons who plays the FBI agent. Um, people are starting to compare him as to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman as one of the better character actors of our generation. I can, I can see it. I think he's amazing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to his role in this too. But um, yeah, this, this movie just looks like looks fiery. There's angry and just really thrilling. There's, there's some good parallels too, between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jesse Plemons in terms of just how they look. They look exactly alike. And I think it's funny too, because I think this a lot of, this came up a lot during, I'm thinking of ending things when, um, because uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Charlie Kaufman worked together quite a bit, and you can sense where that he probably wanted to give that role to <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman at one point uh, before he died, unfortunately. So, um, I'm I think he's kind of if there, anyone was going to pick up that torch, the Philip Seymour Hoffman torch, I would love it to be Jesse Plemons because I think he's such a terrific actor. Oh yeah, he's great. Um, but yeah, this this movie just kind of continuing on it does look great and i think we need a little bit more clarity on the categories here because i've seen on i think global derby daniel kaluuya for this movie is in both categories right now so i think there's a little bit of unawareness as to where he's gonna end up but i've seen him on both as you said best actor and he's on best sporting actor so i think it'll be neat to see where they end up slotting him or lakeith it might be one of those situations where they both have equal time but they might you know flip it around um, but, um, uh, I'm hundred percent down for this. I'm really, really excited for it. Yeah, it looks great, but I guess I'll move on to my number four, which, um, is mission impossible seven. Um, and for, so for the rest of these movies, I have a ton of copious notes. I came very prepared for this podcast, trying to lay down some really great thoughts on my end, but for mission impossible seven, I just have, I'm ready. 
Uh, I'm really ready for this movie. I can't wait. Um, it just it's Mission Impossible Seven. What, what do you want? Fallout might have been the best one of these Mission Impossible movies to date. Um, Tom Cruise yelling at his crew to follow COVID protocols sounds like they're <laughs> very serious about getting this movie done and getting it really good. So we got Chris McQuarrie back uh, writing and directing it. I'm sure Tom's going to do some st- stupid, crazy stunt that we've never seen before because uh, he, I think his his big thing about movies is I want people to see something they've never seen before. So he's just going to keep putting himself into more and more danger, which will culminate in that Doug Lyman space movie that he's making in a few years. But yeah, it's mission impossible seven. What more do you want? Yeah. hundred percent. And you got to bring up, uh, you got to discuss that, that one fiasco on set there. Yeah. The, the him yelling at his crew is one of the, best things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, the YouTube clips of it are unbelievable. Um, it's kind of, it's honestly, it's Oscar worthy. Him yelling at <laughs> his crew. It's so good. Um, and you know, he's serious about making his movie. Uh, he's a big producer on this and I'm sure a lot of other, um, crews are look kind of looking at, um, the mission impossible seven as kind of as what he calls the gold standard in his rant. Uh, for these big time movies getting done during COVID. So um, I, it's it's hilarious. It's just another reason why Tom Cruise isn't a human. He's an alien that came down from another planet. <laughs> so it's it's the best. I, I, I will be thinking of that the entire time when he's doing these crazy stunts. Like he had to yell at some intern afterwards because their nose was <laughs> showing over. They weren't covering their nose with their mask or something like that. It's just, it's amazing. There's so much content out of it. If you're if you're really uh, kind of someone who's very conscious about COVID, I mean, you got to give him props for that. He really uh, he really laid it on them. Why not? I mean, hey, I get it. No one likes to be yelled at, but these are pretty serious times. And I figure there is a lot of truth in what he was saying. You know, kind mm-hmm. of that a, a lot of these bigger movies are kind of at this they're at their wits' end about if we can get made or not at all. So um, I certainly give him credit. Obviously. Probably want to be a little nicer. I think that goes without saying. All of this, no one really loves to be yelled at like that, and it was a little obnoxious. But um, you know, Tom Cruise, like I said, probably not a human, so maybe he gets yeah. a pass for not showing the best kind of emotion. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'm excited for that too, just because I I love Fallout. It was probably one of my favorite movies of 2018. It's like top three, maybe really fantastic so i think they just keep getting better personally uh these mission impossible movies so we'll see how seven is but my number four is corella uh why because emma stone is my favorite person in hollywood uh <laughs> love emma stone like for she, she's the best um so her kind of leading this this character uh i'm sold right away just because it's her and it's it's a movie about an iconic character i mean i think it's interesting and you got craig gillespie directing this who did i Tonya. and i think that adds to the intrigue there um one weird thing is i mean you got about six people writing this script which uh happens a lot for big budget movies and sometimes it doesn't always turn out great but i think craig gillespie's a good enough director he can handle this and and uh, you got emma thompson kind of uh uh kind of playing uh second lead there to emma stone but i love emma stone so i'm just like i'm all in for this and this is one of those disney remakes that uh i'll give a pass just because uh they got a very interesting director. They got my favorite actress, and I'll just let it happen. Yeah, yeah, really good supporting cast besides Emma Thompson too. Got Paul Walter Hauser in that movie. I think Mark Strong and 
Dev Patel, another another appearance by Dev Patel on that as well. So, um, yeah, I think this is. Uh, have you seen the picture for this movie uh, that, that they released where it's um, Emma Stone in the half black, half yeah. white hair? They did a little <laughs> something different with the Corella hair this time around. With yeah, it's her dogs. <laughs> so, uh, um, sure, why not? I think one of Emma Stone's most underrated talents is being zany. I think she's so funny when she gets to do that. And I feel like she hasn't gotten to do that in quite a long time. So, um, sure. Why not have Emma Stone right, go nuts for an hour and a half? That sounds great. <laughs> Certainly. I'm pretty hyped for it, but, uh, yeah, that's set to come out in May. Originally it was going to be May last year. Then it got moved to December and now it's going to be May of, uh, 2021. So I'm looking forward to that one there. Uh, we'll throw it back to you for your number three. We're getting to the big, big three now. Yeah, so this was my other cheat that I mentioned before. So I have two movies here, both Nick Cage movies. So this is the theme for this time around. Uh, they're both Nick Cage movies, and they have amazing titles. So the first one is called Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which just sounds like the best thing ever. I, want, I really want to see that movie now. Um, but I'm scheduled to see this movie at Sundance in a few weeks, which I'm really excited about. And I'm not sure when it's coming out after that, but I hope everyone gets a chance to see it this year. But... So yeah, Prisoners of the Ghostland, Nick Cage in a mashup of Western, samurai, post-apocalyptic thriller, uh, a little bit of spoof, a little bit of horror. It's apparently extremely bloody, and Nick Cage, in terms of all of his performances where he's insane, it's it's said to be one of his more insane ones. So <laughs> you put all those in a blender together, and it sounds like the best movie ever made. Um, and so the... The plot of it is he just kind of goes across this post-apocalyptic hellscape trying to um, rescue uh, this character called the governor, um, his uh, granddaughter. So I'm sure he gets he, he comes into um, the course of many other different crazy beings and whatnot. And his character's name is called Hero. So I'm sure that's where the spoof is coming in. There's probably some meta metatextual stuff going on about the hero's journey going through there. So that sounds lovely. Uh, then the other Nick Cage movie that I have is called the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is what we should rename this podcast. That, that just makes sense to me. Um, but it's, so this is another great meta uh, movie. So I'll read the, read the synopsis to you. So it's Nicholas Cage playing himself begrudgingly accepts a $1 million offer to attend the birthday of Mexican billionaire superfan played by Pedro Pascal. And when things take a wild turn, Nick is forced to become a version of his most iconic and beloved characters in order to extricate his wife and daughter from the fan, who is also a notorious drug lord. So, Nick Cage playing himself, going nuts. Um, also, Pedro Pascal probably going insane. And then Tiffany Haddish and Neil Patrick Harris are in this movie as well. So, I think the combo of these two movies from Nick Cage this year. Just, it just sounds lovely. I love some insane Nick Cage in my life. Um, that movie is scheduled to come out on March 19th. So we actually have a release date for that one. So it's, it's Nick Cage. It's, he's the best. <laughs> how, how could we not be excited for both those movies? I feel like, cause every so often, I mean, we know the story with him now. He, he has a very lavish love style lifestyle. He is in 10 movies a year. Most of them are pretty bad, but every so often he gets connected with, a director, a really interesting director who has a really fun idea how to use his personality. Uh, and both of these movies kind of sound like that. And I mean, prisoners of the Ghostlands that's playing at Sundance. So there's probably something uh, interesting about it at the very least, but 
both of these just sound hilarious and bizarre. So bring on more bizarre Nick Cage movies. 100%. I'm so hyped uh, for both of those, just for everything he does. <laughs> but um, those ones are definitely the high-end Nick Cage. But uh, number three for me is one that still doesn't have a date. It was originally supposed to come out uh, in summer of uh, 2020, and then it got moved to the fall, and now it's just kind of off the table. But it'll probably get a 2021 release. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm really hoping, and that is Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Now, this is another one that we spoke about on our lists last year. I don't know if you uh, had it on yours or I had it on mine, but this is another one that's a crossover. Um, but And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll have to talk about it on our 2022 list if it doesn't end up getting a date. But uh, I'm excited for this. Um, the trailer, I think, looked really good. And the thing that is, is very exciting to me is you got all those regulars. I think it's a huge cast, as movies always are, but this one's even bigger than, than usual. Um, you got all those regulars. There's right. You got Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody. Um, you got Bill Murray in there. Owen Wilson's in there. Um, Edward Norton's in there. Willem Dafoe's in there. But then you got people that are like, I, I don't usually see them in his films, right? Timothy Chalamet is going to have a big role here. Saoirse Ronan has a role in this film. Jeffrey Wright's popping in here. Elizabeth Moss is in here. Um, Christopher Waltz is in this film as well. So I am definitely looking forward forward to the french batch uh it, it definitely looks good um it's got a runtime of a 143 which is kind of on par with a lot of his movies i remember there was a rumor that it was going to be like three hours long and they were going to split it into two but i guess that was a complete lie <laughs> that was on <laughs> some website for like 10 minutes and then i got taken off but uh uh but yeah it's about an hour 40 and i'm just hyped for this i hope it gets a date at some point i think he's probably going to try to target one of the big festivals later in the year to drop this at like he was trying to in 2020 um but french dispatch i mean how can you not be excited yeah fake news infiltrating the french dispatch it's kind of it's kind of funny um, yeah he so he, i think this movie was supposed to was supposed to premiere at can last year right yeah so i think they're probably aiming for the same thing um, hopefully can happens that's right in that or i guess it's con i'm sorry i'm probably butchering um a lot of people are mad at my pronunciation of that my very american pronunciation of it <laughs> so um we'll see i think con is very much in that space where not everyone might have vaccines that's like normally like a may kind of thing maybe they push it back a few months or something like that but i think they are they're pushing maybe they wait for like the new york film festival or one of those bigger tiff something like that to release that at. it seems like they're very very adamant in releasing it tied to one of these big festivals instead of just dropping it on like disney plus or whatever so. yeah 100 100 percent um and, and who knows it could get it could drop a can again this year or not again but it could drop there this year whenever that rolls around in may or june yeah i don't know it's i'm kind of this is kind of starting to turn into new mutants for me because we've been so focused on it for so long um, and then it keeps getting pushed back. So maybe I just want to do it for the memes and just have it never come out. I'm here for <laughs> it. <laughs> a huge, a gorgeous cast. It just never gets to get seen. <laughs> yep. It's just that movie we've always heard about, but no one ever gets to see it. It'd be kind of funny. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, my number two is Robert Eggers' new movie, The Northman, which uh, is a Viking revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century, which... If there was, if you just read that to me, I would have just imagined that Robert Eggers was going to direct it. That just sounds like the most eggery thing I've ever <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, 
an amazing cast with this one too. Ani Taylor Joy is in it. Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, um, Ethan Hawke, uh, Willem Dafoe plays a character called Hymir the Fool, which just sounds lovely. And then Bjork, uh, the singer, Bjork plays this character called the Slav Witch, which also just sounds like one of the best things ever. <laughs> so um, I'm sure this will be some weird version of drama and horror like the rest, like his previous two movies. Um, a lot of crazy accents since he really loves how like you hear all those accents in the witch and then obviously in the lighthouse too. So I'm sure this will just be another really stellar movie from him. Just really bizarre. And then film Twitter is going to go nuts with all the meme potential in it. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Like I think like this movie got talked about right after the lighthouse dropped. I think like right away, this movie was kind of not in production, obviously, but in uh, kind of in development. And we got to hear all the names. We got to hear the ideas and he's a good director. He's great. And I'm excited for this. Um, it kind of seems perfect for him too. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is Jaime the Fool. I don't think we can stress that enough. That sounds like one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so my number two is actually a power ranking improvement from my 2020 list. <laughs> if we want to go by that, because I think I had it at like number six last year. So now it's up to two. So we'll see. Maybe next year it'll get up to number one if it gets delayed again. But uh, why am I excited for this? Maybe just because I want it to come finally and just kind of go. But that's uh, no time to die. <laughs> um, this is the uh, last uh, Daniel Craig uh, James Bond film, the 25th installment in the franchise. And it has been bounced around like crazy. Uh, but, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, James Bond fan out there. I think that a lot of them are, especially the Daniel Craig ones, I think you have two really good ones and two not so great ones. Um, and then just kind of in history, I, I'm, I'm sort of in the process of watching them now. There are some good ones, some bad ones, but I'm so excited to see this all kind of, uh, come to a head there for Daniel Craig and finish up. The trailers look great. I think you have a great cast here. Some really good additions to the franchise here as well. I think Rami Malek coming off his lip sync best actor victory is a good <laughs> addition to this. I think, uh, obviously, um, Andy Taylor Joy is a good addition to this as well. You got Hans Zimmer on the score. Um, I'm excited. I think that the trailers look good. I think um, in director, Kerry uh, Fukunaga there, I think he's a good director. He's a good enough director, but I don't, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold, uh, but of course I'm excited for this movie. And I think it's, it's another bit of me just kind of craving seeing something that is meant to be seen on the big screen. Wasn't there some big story about um, Fukunaga delaying uh like the day of shooting because he was playing video games or something like that. Wasn't that yeah. a thing that happened? <laughs> I heard about that. I'm so like, we'll see. But uh, I, yeah, it's Daniel Craig after he said he was going to slit his wrists. If he had to play bond one more, one more time, <laughs> playing, playing bond one more time. Um, so I think this could be really fun. It's, it seems like Remy Malik is really going for it. Uh, this mm. is his uh, post Oscar uh, push all the chips in move. So uh, I think he'll be having a lot of fun. This is another one of those where it kind of seems like it's all of the Bond movies put into one or just the the Daniel Craig ones. So maybe it's a little overstuffed, but I'm kind of like you too, where it's, I feel like I just kind of want to see this on the big screen. And we've been, this is another one we've been monitoring all the time about things getting pushed back and all that stuff. So 
I'm ready for it. I'm, I think it'll probably come out in the fall at this point. Now that it seems like it'll move from its April release date, but yeah. And in terms of in terms of overstuffed, uh, it's two hours forty minutes. So they're really going oh, for God. that. Yeah, they're they're really going for that big, uh, long drawn out runtime ending of a not ending of a franchise, but kind of ending of this chapter type movie, right? I think they are really going for that with this. Um, when I heard about that runtime, I just got flashbacks to when they said Endgame was three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's it's it, they're probably following in that vein, right? There's a lot to get into this movie. They're, they're going to want to make it big. They probably want to have some good moments with Daniel Craig in there. Uh, I hope he does give it his all. I'm sure he got a, a like a, a boatload of money uh, for this movie. So I'm hoping he goes all out for it. But the trailers do look great. They look sleek as all uh, James Bond movies do. Um but yeah, if this thing keeps getting pushed, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rather annoying. I know, um, uh, what is it, MGM? I think they said to Netflix, seven hundred mil, take it or leave it for this movie. And uh, Netflix was like, yeah, you know what? We we spend a lot, but that's a little high for us, even. So, it's keeping its theater release, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, they 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 couldn't even bring out the Scorsese money for that one. Jeez. I mean, that's a um, triple Irishman. That seven hundred. Yeah. Million. Yeah, what did they pay for that movie? It was like two hundred million, something like that. I feel like, yeah, but yeah, that's that's crazy. That's way too much. Uh, I think there was like Apple was in that discussion too, where it was almost going to go there for a second. But MGM is one of those studios where they don't really have much going on besides No Time to Die, so they they're kind of stuck where they need to release it because they need money because they literally have nothing else happening, but they also want to hold it off so they can make as much money as possible because it'll if it's if it's any good, it'll make close to a billion dollars like Skyfall and Spectre did. I think Spectre did that just as good as that. Um, but yeah, I who, who knows? I think I'm sure it'll have its problems. It's, it's 240 minutes or two hours, 40 minutes. But um, sometimes all you need is people who look really attractive shooting guns and at really in really nice European uh, locations. So. I think in that level, this movie will succeed quite a bit. <laughs> you know, also, um, it's it's just kind of a shame for this movie how how close it was to the COVID delays because the Bond song, the uh, Billy Eilish song, was out. It was out already, right? Like it was. Oh it was yeah. Out and it was it was topping the charts and it was ready. So they were weeks out when uh, coronavirus really made landfall uh, worldwide. So. It's just kind of weird how this movie has has kind of uh, jumped around, but they're gonna to have to re-release that song, I guess. Yeah, and that was the other big thing in this too, where they were doing they were really pushing all of the marketing as well. So they had um, like all of these magazine covers and all these video specials that already ran. So they're gonna to have to like they're gonna to have to reboot and do all the marketing stuff over again, which I'm sure will be super expensive for them. So. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do with that. I think that's something that they'll probably have to figure out on the fly. And mm. maybe maybe they'll just have to feel good about the release date first and then go nuts with the marketing. But yeah, I feel like it was one of those movies that put it, they pushed it to the fall immediately when um, the, the country shut down in March. And all of us were like, wow, that was a really smart move. Um, and then I guess no one really expected this to last as long as it did. So they had to push it, what, three, two more times since. But, um, yeah, I think I'm just ready for this movie because I feel like Daniel Craig is off to doing different things now. And I feel like 
it'll be weird. Like this movie would have been would have been filmed what like three years ago by the time it comes out. So <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone involved just kind of wants it to be a thing out in the world. Yeah. Um, should we go to my number one? I guess that's number one. Yeah, already my number one. Um, I feel like this is sort of anticlimactic, but my number one does not have a title. Um, it is the untitled Paul Thomas Anderson movie that is scheduled for later this year. Uh, I guess I'm showing my film bro colors here where PTA is one of my favorite directors. I actually just watched Boogie Nights last night and it's just, man, I can't wait for another PTA movie. So maybe that's why this is up at the top of my list. But um, yeah, there's no one quite like PTA. He's one of the best filmmakers working right now. He, he has He has a bunch of leverage to do all these crazy things with his movies that are super sprawling and just amazing acting and all these things. But this is his first movie since um, Phantom Thread back in 2017. Um, but we really don't know much about this movie um, up to this point, except that it is expected to come out later this year. Um, the only thing we know is the logline, which is set in the 1970s San Fernando Valley. The film follows a high school student who is also a successful child actor. Besides that, we don't really know much about this. Bradley Cooper is in it. Um, I imagine he is playing a supporting role if this is about a, a child actor. Um, but we also have Benny Safdie. Come on, we got we to rep the Safdies again, um, yeah. as is um, customary on this podcast. Love to see him. And then we have Elena Haim from Haim in this as well. <laughs> so um, who knows what this is, but it's PTA, so it's probably going to be really, really good. Uh, that's kind of it. I'm really excited to see a PTA movie. Certainly. I mean, untitled PTA film, that's got to take the cake for best number one on any <laughs> list for 2021. Um, I went to, I went from these amazing titles like prisoner <laughs> of the, the ghost land. And what was the other one? The unbearable weight of massive talent to a <laughs> untitled PTA movie. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. It is Paul Thomas Anderson, right? He's uh, he gets that sort of, <laughs> he, get, he gets that pass right paul thomas anderson presents paul thomas anderson <laughs> <laughs> yeah why not there you go but yeah that looks great i mean you don't even really need to tell me anything about one of his movies right they're all going to be uh worth the watch um so yeah that that does sound good definitely uh different from my number one <laughs> so we're gonna jump it's in a little here. different a little different yeah. <laughs> if i'm not mistaken this is my number one from 2020 just for fun and i'm going godzilla v kong going big going loud um you're doing you i love it you're showing, yeah, you're showing why not? your colors i mean you know the last one of these films was two guys in a suit punching each other uh so i want to see an updated 200 million dollar cgi fest of two computer generated things punching each other instead of two guys in a suit <laughs> um Big King Kong fan, always have been, and then even Godzilla. I've got into those a little bit over the last couple of years, but don't think it's going to be great. Definitely want to see it. I don't care. Um, and it, it finally <laughs> got it finally got settled on a release date too, so that's going to be late March. Uh, it's going to get they they finally settled too with the HBO slash theaters release. Um, originally i think that they were trying to crack a deal i think they said to hbo uh, max they said and to warner bros they said give us 150 million and we'll go through with your hbo max deal <laughs> so i guess they're just trying to cover themselves there but i don't know what happened but they settled and late march is when this thing's going to drop uh with that hbo max slash theater hybrid um so i'll find a way to watch it I, i'd hold out even to 
to to wait to see if this thing gets in theaters, if theaters end up opening up here, because that's the only reason I really want to check this thing out. The last Godzilla wasn't a great. King of the Monsters was a, a big mess, but the first two movies in this weird monster verse I found to be enjoyable enough. I think Kong Skull Island is like an enjoyable kind of fun movie with a good cast. Uh, and even the first Godzilla there in 2014, I think that that's how you should do a Godzilla movie. Personally. I like kind of, uh, eerie kind of sound design. Uh, the shots are very much not revealing. I think that's how you should do a Godzilla movie personally. Um, even if it did piss off some, people who were fans of, of the older movies, but uh, I'm looking forward to this just because it, it's like, it's, it's the geek in me right now. <laughs> so <laughs> it might be awful and it could very well be, but uh, I do want to see it. Yeah. Why not? I feel like it is kind of anticlimactic with this movie doesn't come out in theaters. That's the whole reason you watch this movie is to see it on an IMAX screen, right? Exactly. I mean, that's like, what was it? It was, it was um, Godzilla V, sorry, no, uh, the, the King of the Monsters in 2019 is when I just burst my eardrums in the IMAX theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, 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 the different sounds they got for each of the monsters was just insane. Um, not a great movie at all, but just, it felt like I was at a concert just with how, uh, with how the theater was rumbling and such. <laughs> but, uh, I think I've pitched this idea to you before. I'd like to see one of these movies that's like 90 minutes long, silent film, just beautiful, beautifully shot. And it's just the monsters going at it. We don't need any actors. That's what they should do, honestly, because I'm looking at the cast now. And it's of course, there's like a million people in this movie who are getting a paycheck. Yeah. Um, so we have Millie Bobby Brown back in this one, who was in the previous one. Uh, Julian Dennison from Deadpool Two, Deadpool Two. I can't speak. And then um, Hunt for the Wilder People, Alexander Skarsgård, Kyle Chandler's back, uh, Rebecca Hall, Isaac Gonzalez, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, just so many actors, and I'm sure that's going to just be <laughs> versions of we need to uh. restore balance to the world or. Um, let them fight or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm with, you. I'm with you though. Just give me 90 minutes of CGI things punching, punching each other. Then we can go home. Yeah, just like bring in like this nice score as well, and just have the just make it look pretty, and just have that happen for 90 minutes. You can have like less than 100 words be said on the screen. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we have Junkie XL doing the music for this one. So he, um, that was he did Fury Road, and I think he also did. Bad movie Superman, so I don't know, but um, yeah, it, it, there'll be there'll be some epicness in here. Uh, I hope that there's at least one or two good fights because that probably would just make it worth it, even for all. Like, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be like some weird thing about um, these characters like dealing with their own like family troubles and stuff that other things that I will just not care about. Yeah. But if there's a good fight during those scenes, yeah, if there's good fights in it, that's kind of all you really want. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure they'll team up at some point. Just some silly thing like that. They'll probably do something where they tie in a fight, and yeah. then they have to fight an even bigger monster. <laughs> and then they, then they uh, like bow to each other, then go their separate ways, and then movie's over. Come back for the yeah. next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I threw that on there. Got to remain it at the number one. Um, but yeah, we got some good lists here. A lot of big movies, a lot of small movies, some untitled movies even. Um, some familiar movies and uh, yeah, I mean, so, so just kind of wrapping up here, are you uh, looking forward to 2021? How do you think this year is going to play out? Um, well, 
it can't get any worse, right? We already had an insurrection happen at the Capitol. <laughs> so, um, I'm feeling okay. It's only up from here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good point. We'll see the movies about that one day as well. Uh, maybe uh, 2020. Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. A COVID like, and capital movie. It's just all of all of the buzzwords put into one thing. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. When do you think the Trump movies are going to start coming? Oh my god, uh, too soon. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, there'll there'll be something. Uh, man, I just can't even think about how many movies there's going to be. There's probably already so many dueling scripts in that are buzzing, going around studios right now. So there's going to be the one where it's like. The it's like decades over decades, like from his start in the 80s to now, and there'll be the one where it's like just like the night of the Capitol um, insurrection and all that stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not ready for all. I'm not ready for all this Trump content that's happening soon. But <laughs> we're gonna get it one way or another. I saw a great tweet the other day, and I was like, "Who would you like to direct a Trump movie?" And uh, I was reading all the responses because they were a lot of fun. And one person said, Sofia Coppola is going to make the Ivanka movie. And uh, it's like, and she, and she's going to make her, uh, she's going to make her like a, uh, like a redeeming character. <laughs> I guess who would be the person to do that? Is it Adam McKay? Probably. I feel like that's too on brand. Yeah. That seems it's too easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I think there'll be a bunch. I hope it's at least five years, but I'm sure it'll be sooner. No, I'm ready for January 2022. Trump. <laughs> That'll just be the movie. It'll just Trump. That's the title. That's what you got to oh. do. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for it. Um, but anyway, so that's I can wait for it. <laughs> that's our that's our 2021 most anticipated films. I just want to thank you again, Nick, for uh, coming on. I can't wait for movies. Movies are fun. Thank you for having me. They are. They are indeed. And that's why we do this. Movies. Uh, movies are fun. That's why we do it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back pretty soon with uh, some more Babble with Brennan. I think we have a lot of uh, good stuff coming up. We definitely want to cover a lot of Oscar stuff this year because I think a lot of the categories, especially just with how the years played out, are kind of up in the air. I'm ready for that. And also Trump pod coming soon. <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> oh, goodness. And then we, we always we have to do the QB Halloween pod at some point. I don't think Colin's watched it yet. So <laughs> I totally forgot that we, we I, I didn't keep up that bit. I hate yeah. myself for that. <laughs> gotta, I got to bring it back. Yeah, Colin's got to Colin's got to get on his game there. Um, but anyway, so you can always check out our content. We got the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, check out the rest of our stuff on moviebabble.com. Uh, uh,